everyone, and welcome to That Lux Life Podcast. I'm your host, Aisha A.K. Lesh of the petite fashion and luxury lifestyle blog, Living Lesh, where I aim to redefine what luxury means and lead you into living your best life. Each week, I'll be bringing you those tips, secrets, and bits of inspiration that will take you into living your luxurious life without the four-figure price tag. So get ready to live your life in luxury, because guess what? You deserve it. So welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the That Looks Life podcast. Today, I have a special guest for you, and this is Angela. Angela is a business owner um, of Hot Mess, and some personal things about her is that she loves traveling, she loves things related to water, um, but most importantly, she loves helping people with branding when it comes to her business in Hot Mess. She started an online women's clothing boutique um, that she owns herself, but then kind of grew into loving everything about branding and website optimization. So for all of those out there who are looking to learn more about branding, website optimization, and kind of building a powerhouse company, she's here to kind of give you that insight and to share a little bit about her company and how she can help you. So without further ado, I kind of want to int introduce Angela, but I want her to talk a little bit about herself so that you can kind of get to know her. And then we're going to talk about branding today in this episode. Hey, so glad to be on. Um, yeah. So like you said, I love traveling. I'm currently in Vietnam, actually. Um, I just got done with South Africa and Thailand, and I'm going to Singapore in a couple of weeks. So I'm just kind of, I actually sold my house and everything <laughs> um, and I'm just traveling. So, um, and hot mess consulting is the reason, you know, that I'm able to do this working digitally and everything. Uh, and yes, we help with branding and website optimization um, and branding, especially, I mean, it's really, if I could pinpoint one reason that I think my company has grown to this level um, we're a team of eight now, well, nine, including me. Um, <laughs> we, um, it would be just strong, powerful branding because it really does have a big impact. So when you talk about that impact, I think one of the biggest things, and I even say that with kind of like, even I talk to influencers, I do influencer consulting, but why is branding in your opinion, so important when it comes to, to growing a business? Well, for one thing, I mean, it just sets you apart. It also helps make you more memorable so that somebody actually can point you out in a crowd or just remember to even come back to you. Like even if they, obviously it depends on whether you're selling a product or a service and whether you're selling things that are pretty one time or whether they may be coming back, but you want to build a brand that people remember and, you know, something that turns into an experience for them where, you know, maybe something that could be really ordinary or bland or routine, you know, like buying toothpaste, for example, I don't know. Um, but if you can turn that into an experience somehow for them, like even just going to that person's, that company's website, if that can be an experience and memorable, you know, they're going to recommend their friends. Um, they're going to come back. They're going to remember you. And so, and also, um, it really just helps build legit legitimacy, you know, and we always want, you know, our followers and clients and customers and potential customers to, you know, know, like, and trust us because that's when they're going to invest, you know, their money with us. Yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I feel like, you know, 
when you have this, this brand, depending on whatever, I guess, kind of company you're building, it's one of those things where, like you were kind of saying, if you're not recognizable, you're not building that trust. It's kind of like everything gets lost. And if you're trying to sell something and they don't know who you are and they don't trust you, they're going to go spend their money elsewhere. Like, I mean, I yeah. do that personally oh. is I don't know this brand. Yeah. I'm not going into this store. And I'm like, I don't know you. I don't recognize you. You kind of even think about it. Like there are the biggest brands out there that have built this trust. I mean, we go to Target because we recognize Target. We trust Target. Um, right, you know, right. Even even smaller boutiques nowadays. I know like Revolve, you know, people trust Revolve um, fashion wise. Even like when you go into Ulta, if you have good branding and you're in Ulta and you have that those brands in there, oh, I can recognize this. I trust this. And plus it's being sold at Ulta. So must be trustworthy. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so I guess a good question, and I know this question I've heard from other people, like mostly influencers I've worked with, but even businesses who are trying to, to grow is uh, what aspects should be considered when anyone's is thinking about establishing a brand? Like where should they start? Well, most people, you know, most business owners do end up building their brand based around themselves first. And it's not always a bad thing, but you just want to make sure it's only certain aspects of yourself because you really want your branding to be dramatic in a sense. I mean, your brand may be simple and minimalist, but then you want to be as simple and minimalist as possible and kind of take out whatever is not that. So it can be based around you, um, especially if that has to do, because you also want to think about your audience, you know, um, and sometimes there is a disconnect also, you know, depending on what you're selling, you may or may not be your ideal customer or client. Um, if you are your ideal customer or client, then, you know, obviously it's safer to base it around you, but you just want to, um, you really want to keep in mind who you're trying to attract. Cause we get into this, um, idea sometimes in business that we have to do all the things and be all the things and serve all the people. But when you try to, be and do everything with your brand, you actually end up attracting nobody because you're, you're just kind of too bland and generic. You know, it would be better to turn some people off so that you can really turn on the right people. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. The funny thing is, you know, I always think, you know, especially I never actually think brands are built starting on people sometimes. Like I know, like, you know, you see a, a boutique, but I've seen boutiques, you know, especially since I've had my son, where they're reaching out to me with these these kids' clothes, and I I kind of always wonder, are are these people parents, and who are they basing it off of? Are they basing it off of them and what they would buy for their child, or are they just basing it off of you know my friend down the street had a child, and this is something they were looking for, and this is something they would like, um, and then I always do think about how like the minimalist brands that are out there how they're doing so well versus all of these ones that have too much going on. And you're like, I don't know what, what is happening. Um, but the, the point that yeah. I thought was really interesting that you brought up is that you may not be your ideal client when it comes to your branding. And I always feel like, why wouldn't I buy my own stuff? But like, if, have you had any experiences <laughs> with the people that you've worked with where they're actually building a company or a brand or a business and they're not their ideal client. And how does that even 
how do they identify their ideal client if it's not them? I think that that is something that, that you would figure out more over time, you know, because your branding and your audience and even exactly what you're offering, you know, on day 365 may not be as the same as on day one, you know, like you're going to learn and make mistakes and it just takes that trial and error to figure out like what, what is going to actually hit for you? Like in business, you know, you, I know so many business owners, myself included that started, you know, thinking their business was going to be this and then it totally transforms to something different. So, yeah, but I think it's, it, I usually starts around something that you're interested in, but if, if you're really into the finances of the business and, you know, making it successful, just financially and profitable, you may end up going in a different direction because of that. That Yeah. So I think that's when you're speaking is like kind of like people go into rebranding. Um, there's always right, right. that one thing I even, you know, I work for another company um, and I came into that company when they were doing a rebranding where like colors, fonts, everything changed. And it was kind of like, they realized that their branding and what they were standing for wasn't speaking to their clients. It was kind of like they wanted their ideal client to be these executive C-levels, but then like their branding were these, you know, it was very naturey and it had pastel colors where like, you know, C-level people who are very like stern technical people because it's a technology company. They're very like minimalist, simple, bold colors. And I think when we were going through that, I even came in and I was like looking at the brand. I went, but what, why is it all pastel? It's very, <laughs> not saying that C-level execs are not feminine, but most of them are still have this stern aspect of them. So to hear that, like, you know, rebranding is normal, especially as you move forward is, you know, even big companies who are generating millions of dollars or who already established go through rebrandings. Cause they're just like this this isn't working out anymore. It's, it's just not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I even, not only normal, but so, so important too. like your brand needs to evolve over time yes. as you learn and grow. Yes. I went through a rebranding at once. Cause I realized the colors, like, you know, I always establish on Lux life. It's a luxury lifestyle. And then the colors I originally had were like gray, gold, and black. And I was like, this isn't it. This, this isn't, <laughs> this wasn't working. So, I mean, even everyone rebrands. I feel like even the other day I was watching the commercial for Weight Watchers and it was saying WW and I'm like, who's WW? And then it popped up and I just went, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. So kind of let's talk a little bit about your, your company. Um, you said Hot Mess Consulting. And I guess one of the starting questions, if someone was looking to reach out to you and they wanted to work with you, how do you help your clients establish a brand and market themselves, you know, their, their business, what they're looking to do um, to help them move forward and grow? I mean, we're, we're in a world of entrepreneurship where, you know, being your own boss is, is great. And it's one of those things a lot of people are striving for, but someone always needs that help. So what how do you help your clients? Yeah. So in terms of branding, I mean, we definitely focus on the aesthetics, although your brand is way more than just your aesthetics. Um, and of course, in working with someone on this, you know, we can't help but to hit on 
you know, some of these other areas, but in terms of aesthetics, you know, obviously that's your logo. And a lot of people don't, some people don't realize like you really should have multiple variations of your logo to use for different purposes, you know, different file types to use, whether you're using it digitally or print, that kind of thing. Um, and then figuring out your entire color scheme, you know, down to the color codes, um, as well as your exact fonts. Um, and then just the general vibe, you know, that your brand is giving off. And the, so the first thing we do is we create like a brand guide. And so even if somebody is, you know, DIYing their own brand, which, I mean, one thing you can do if, if you're, if you're a new business owner or newer is DIY your brand initially. And you don't know, like, you know, later in the future, you might be able to, when you're ready to rebrand, you might be able to work with a professional at that point, you know, um, but it's really important, even if you're DIYing, to get that information together. Um, again, the color codes, the exact fonts that you're going to use, and some general elements that you're going to use throughout your branding. Because whether it's your website, posters, if you make some for any reason, or business cards, um, you know, everything that you post on social media, your emails, all should look extremely cohesive, and the branding should just be crystal clear whether it's super, super bold and edgy or Western or, you know, like whatever it is, everything should be clear and consistent. Um, so that is the biggest thing that we help with is the branding and then the website optimization piece as well. But, um, but yeah, so the, the visual direction basically. <laughs> so when you kind of touch on at the end with the website optimization, I, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, Forget a website, um, social media only, because everyone's thinking, you know, you got Instagram, you got TikTok, you got all of these social media platforms. Um, and that's where most of, you know, I guess we'd say the money is for a lot of brands of that's how you connect with people. People aren't going on the web as much anymore. Um, I'm a bit advocate for having a website. I've always tell people that you need to have a website, have a website. So it'd be interesting to hear since you're in this business of website optimization, helping with e-commerce aspects as well of why do you think that having a website is so important for a business? So not only does it also add to that legitimacy, which we talked about earlier, um, but so, I mean, it really acts as like your storefront and your business card. And it's one of those things that even if you have customers that are shopping with you on social media, um, you know, they may look at your website at some point, or they may look in order to learn more about you before they decide to make a decision. And if they do, you want to not only have something, but you want it to be something that looks professional, you know, fits in line with what they're seeing of your brand on social. Um, so one really big thing though, is you absolutely want to make sure um, especially in e-commerce, but really any industry that your website will integrate with all of the social platforms that you're using. So that way, you know, just in terms, I mean, inventory management is a big one for e-commerce, but even just from a marketing standpoint, making sure that your products can be purchased on the website or right on your Facebook page, um, or Instagram or, you know, wherever it is. So, um, that's something really cool is how they're all integrating these days. And with that integration, I don't know, I, it'd be interesting to see how much you're seeing this or what effects having is, you know, Instagram recently opened up those shops. You can shop right on Instagram. You don't have to leave. Now they're doing affiliate marketing right on Instagram. Are you seeing any of that 
kind of shifting with your, your clients or people are coming in saying, you know, yes, I still want to have a website, but I need to figure out this Instagram shop thing or how to shop directly on social media and how that's going to work. And I guess when you think about those e-commerce, is it yeah. with the integration, is it allowing it to kind of make everything seamless? Um, it, it, it's just allowing for multiple sales channels really is what it is. So we have, most of our clients, I would say do kind of fall one way or the other in terms of if they focus more on social or on their website, because the ones that focus on their website, they're not wanting to do like as much content, for example, as you would have to do to really make it work only using social. I mean, that's, that's the issue. That's the trade-off is you're just creating content, content, content. You're just a content machine. Whereas on a website, you're just working to drive as much traffic to that website as possible in volume. Um, so a lot of the times you're more successful because you're, you know, sending out, you know, massive email campaigns and you've built up a list and, you're running paid Facebook ads. So rather than having to do all of that content creation constantly, you're, you know, able to basically just focus on, you know, one post and promoting it to, you know, thousands of people basically. Um, so that's like one of the differences, but businesses that are even further along are absolutely able to capitalize on both, you know, so they have the website and they're running traffic there and they're getting a lot of sales there, but they're also creating the content and, you know, getting the sales on social. So. Okay. I mean, that's, that's actually a very interesting thing is that like, I think people constantly forget that is you're on social media and because social media is so demanding with content being created over and over, kind of like that, what you were saying, the content creation machine, you just have to keep going where websites, they exist. Now you can kind of, yeah that optimization, bring in SEO. How can I get more eyes here in other marketing strategies versus I got to wake up and create, you know, two to three pieces of content in, in one day and then possibly kind of think of, you know, what content to create. I mean, there's, <clears throat> as an influencer myself is that's what I do as my business is I'm constantly right, right. creating content. So running a business where I have to do inventory, where I'd have to, you know, worry about sales, you know, new product launches, how I'm going to market these products. That's like a whole other beast. So for those who are trying to say, I'm going to do all of this inventory and sell products while being a content creator. I mean, I bless those people who are able to yeah. achieve it, but it is a lot, especially with social media, you're, you're, you're fighting algorithms and you're fighting, oh you know, goodness. all yeah. these other ways of engagement. And if your content's not seen, you're kind of like a sitting duck. And then nowadays, yeah. you know, businesses are, and not that I'm against it, of course, are very dependent on content creators and influencers to promote them and bring them to their channel so that they can get more followers right. versus like you're saying, you kind of have more control when you have your website because you're able to now do the work without creating lots and lots and lots of content. When you're the face of your business too, especially, it's just the only way for you to be able to step back and get a little bit of that balance, that balance we're all trying to get, that's like impossible. Right. But, um, is, you know, something like a website that you can scale versus just having to, you know, like I have a lot of clients that make almost all of their money on live sales, but I mean, gosh, how draining is it to do 
a three hour lifestyle every single day, but I have clients that do that, you know? Um, so, and eventually, you know, the most successful ones do even hire out the live cells, but it takes time to introduce new people and get your, you know, followers and customers to buy into these new people. So it's all business is just crazy. <laughs> and when you say live sales, just so for anyone who's listening, who may not know what that means, are you, you're referencing live sales on like YouTube live, Instagram live, or are there other platforms? Um, people aren't aware. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any of the platforms that do it, even if it's, you know, TikTok or um, Facebook and yeah. So it's kind of like the new QVC basically. And these, you know, the most successful ones make this like a show, you know, they're like, Hey, if they only do it once a week, it's going to be, Hey, every Monday at 2 PM, I'm going to be here. And they make it fun and entertaining too. Um, which is part of their branding. So (laughs) That, yeah. Yeah. I've, I think on, on, on the other side, live aspects of trying to sell something live. I mean, there's like influencers, we do lives for affiliate marketing. I delved into yes. Amazon live once and that was like the most draining thing ever. And of course you have to keep doing them over and over and over again. And to make sure that people are like following you so you can gain more viewers. And then you're trying to sell something and showing it off and, and displaying it. I'm just like, okay, I don't know how someone can do this every single day. It's a lot. So, I mean, it's kind of like what you're experiencing is that everyone kind of finds their own way to market, I guess, their brand um, on kind of like how you were saying who they are, how they're building that trust and where their ideal customer is. Because part of branding is not only knowing who your ideal customer, but knowing their, their habits and their shopping patterns and what they're doing is, you know, are my, my shoppers constantly watching lives? Are they only on social media? Are they the ones on Google typing in things and finding it? Are they Mm -hmm. possibly on Etsy all the time? So do I need to make a, also an Etsy shop and kind of do that and have my brand on there? So it's, it's, it's interesting to hear, like what, if someone was saying, you know, I need to identify my ideal client and their habits. If you could give like kind of like a high level, where should they start? Like, where do you start looking for how to even reach your ideal client? Um, I mean, the first step is always just what they call like the avatar, you know? So you really want to think of your brand as an actual person, um, you know, like, and start with the simple, easy stuff, you know, um, how old is she? Well, we're assuming she's a she, but like what gender, what age, is there a geographical location going on? Um, and I mean, it just like, it just takes taking a minute to like center and really tune out like everything else going on and really think about like your product and who you're really trying to speak to. Um, you know, and then once you have a website, another good thing about having a website uh, is you're able to then track data, you know, about the visitors that are coming and about the ones that are actually purchasing too, which can help you really refine that avatar as well. Okay. I mean, that is, I mean, everything that you, you shared today has been, you know, great insight because, you know, people are out there, like I was saying, there's people who are trying to grow businesses and they've even hit a wall. If they may, may need a rebrand or they're just like, I don't even know where to start. Um, so it's, it's great to hear this. So for those who are listening to the episode, we have Angela, uh, 
Hot Mess Consulting. So before we kind of end this episode, Angela, if you can just kind of give us, you know, what you kind of give it throughout the episode, but kind of just giving this, you know, this is what Hot Mess Consulting can do for you. So that if someone's out there and they're listening and they're like, you know, I really need help with branding or website optimization or e-commerce of what you can offer that could benefit them. Because the biggest thing is investing in their business and you would probably be a great person to invest in for them to grow themselves. Yeah. So we just focus on stand out branding, like help helping get you to stand out among the rest. And then, like I said, a well-built website that's optimized for conversions. And that just means that we've paid attention to all of the tiniest little details that can make a difference when your customer hits the site, what's going to make it easier for them. What's going to make it more memorable. Um, you know, what's going to get them to add to cart and actually check out. And it can be the tiniest thing sometimes. Um, also the bigger things though, like, like your branding and just making sure everything is really strong and cohesive. And then we help with design of any kind. So whether that's your, for print materials, you know, your business cards, uh, hang tags, posters, um, email templates, social media graphics, all of that kind of stuff. So um, really, if it has anything to do with either your, especially e-commerce website or, you know, design and branding, that's, that's what we're for. <laughs> that's perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for being on this episode. I know people are out there listening, going, you know, I need to, to start somewhere. And this is a great place to start. You've offered so much valuable information. I mean, I know I've gotten things from it. And even though like, you know, as an influencer, I do have a business, but I have an established brand, but I'm like, now I need to start thinking about all these other things and kind of go back and make sure all that's refined. So oh yeah. <laughs> again, thank you for being here. It was a wonderful episode. Thank you for, you know, sharing everything. And I hope everyone, like I said, finds great value. Um, and for those listening, make sure you hit the uh, subscribe button, download this, you know, leave a, a review on the That Lex Life podcast so that the next time that you tune in, you might have another fabulous guest like Angela, because the more we're out there, the more content and information we can bring to you. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>